0: How do you say? How do you say? Is it no. Yeah. No. Oh. Oh. Damn, Hi. Yeah. Nice. Uh, cool. right. this, this is, is how, how to, to say, say hi. hi. Welcome to how to say hi a podcast that shares the power of ordinary interactions
1: and how small gestures can spark endless smiles and new connections.
0: Over the past year, a lot has moved online from work meetings to celebrating birthdays and learning new things. Even though you might be comfy on your couch or at your desk, it doesn't necessarily mean those social jitters go away and those long, awkward pauses, they're still there. Today, we're talking about virtual hangouts. First up, work meetings. I'm Caitlin. To be transparent, finding joy during virtual work meetings is something I've truly been working on, especially since our Office Life episode. I've been trying to be really intentional about thinking of these meetings less as something I have to do and more as an opportunity to connect with someone else in the meeting and learn something interesting about them or even about the project we're working on.
1: And I'm Maggie. I don't want to brag, but I was on Zoom before it was cool, and my desire to be on time okay early to every meeting means I'm stuck in that weird chit chat zone while we wait for the meetings to start.
0: Maggie, I kind of want to start with you because in the past you've worked from home and that was your primary, you know, place to get things done. And now you've recently transitioned into a new position for a large company. And I'm curious if there's any differences in, in the way that you approach virtual meetings.
1: A little bit. Yeah. Because one thing I really like about where I work now is despite the fact that I go into the office more, we still have a ton of virtual meetings um, with teams across the country. As a general work policy, we kind of start meetings with what we call an uplift or a positive story. So no matter what the meeting's about, we start with something happy. And sometimes it's the person who organized it has something to share or they'll open it up to the group to share. And it's a really great way to start because oftentimes we're thanking someone on the call. We're saying, I'd like to praise this person for their great work on Oh, that's so nice. it's a good yeah. way to start. And it really just kind of gets people chatting because, you know, maybe they have a couple stories to share or that person can hop on and be like, yeah, it was great to work with so-and-so mm-hmm. on this and, like, we're really proud of it. And it it kind of gets the conversation flowing past Hey, how are you? Yeah. How's the weather by you?
0: Are the people that you're kind of uplifting generally on the call? Usually.
1: There are times where they might be calling out someone else on their team for what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but in most cases, it's to like kind of recognize someone else on their team or someone on
0: the call. So let me ask, have you ever been the one who gets called out in a call? Yes. And, and how does that make you feel? Because it sounds like it could potentially be a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, a little bit, but it's really nice and it feels good. Even the people who might feel a little shy or say they don't like attention, it's always nice to be thanked for your work or praised for something, especially when other people are on the call too and
0: get to hear that. Yeah. Okay, so takeaway from that would be one strategy for kind of getting into those phone calls is first starting with a compliment of someone. And mm-hmm. But what if you haven't worked with them a lot? Like does it have to be something big or can I be like – you know, I have to call you out for getting back to me so quickly. I really appreciate it. Like, is that enough, do you feel like? Oh, absolutely. I think
1: sometimes even those smaller things are, are even better. It doesn't have to be like a grand gesture or, mm. you know, an award-winning project or something. It could really just be like, I got the chance to chat with so-and-so the other day, and I learned they have a dog, and the name is really cute, and we had a great time chatting. Like, that could yeah. be a nice way to start a meeting.
0: I I do feel like sometimes when I'm in a social social situation and I'm trying to, you know, talk to somebody about something, a really good go-to is some sort of compliment, which Mm -hmm. is the same concept here, even though we're virtual. But even by saying something like, oh, I super love your shoes, or, you know, it can be something like really superficial like that. Um, And I mean, I'm not saying... Don't say you like or like something that you actually don't, like, you know, make sure it's true and factual, but but look for that thing mm-hmm. a little bit more proactively than you might in other situations. That's a great way to start it. I love that idea.
1: And I like your idea of kind of complimenting something. Um one fun thing about virtual meetings is that you get a little glimpse into people's homes. Oh yeah, a little peek and mm-hmm. you know and I think by this point in the pandemic, many people have Come to kind of curate the space around them. So if they've got bookshelves behind them or cool art or maybe m- musical instruments, yeah. it's probably on purpose, um, or at least they're not shy to, for people to see those things. So it's okay to kind of ask or comment, like, hey, are you in a band? Or what's that picture behind you? It's really cool and it can be a compliment and a conversation starter. Yeah,
0: I love that too. I And recently, we had some Instagram stories up, and one of our questions was, what are some of your go-to starters when you're with a new group? And someone answered, saying something observational about the setting. And I love that one. That's also one of my go-tos. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's perfect. I have a client who has several guitars behind her desk. And the day I finally was like, okay, I see you're into music. Our designer also does music. And I think that was a really good connection for us. And after we had that experience or or that interaction, it seemed like every meeting after that was so much more casual and less associated with any sort of like pressure. I don't think a time after that, it was like, how's the weather? Okay, let's get started. It was... It felt more genuine and organic after we had that one conversation. Yeah. I think that's something
1: that a lot of people were worried about losing when companies went virtual or work from home is that we don't have those like everyday interactions about people's lives. You may not see you know, photos of their family on their desk or know that they're leaving early or taking time off for a certain kind of event. Mm -hmm. So you don't know that much about their life outside of work. So what – You know Those kind of questions you can ask them or things you notice behind them in a Zoom call could be that opener and, like you said, make things a little more comfortable and feel familiar in conversations going forward.
0: Now, I do have to play a little bit of devil's advocate because we all know I I have this flip side of my personality (laughs) where all I can think of is staying on task and optimizing my time in the workplace and making sure that I'm not there longer than I need to be, even though I enjoy what I do, but still I want to go do my Caitlin things. I think that there is something unique about a virtual experience where it's much harder to read body language. You don't have as many cues and signifiers. You know, if you're in a real-world meeting and you want to leave, you stand up, you put your shoulders towards the door, you start Mm -hmm. grabbing your coat and your jacket to say, hey, I want to get out of here. But you can't really do that in a virtual meeting. I think what you can do to counteract that is – Really set expectations. If a meeting only needs to be 30 minutes long, make sure that's what you schedule that meeting for. Mm -hmm. If you want the meeting to be 40 minutes and you say, All right, when we start the meeting, we're going to do some introductions at the beginning. I want to hear how everyone's holiday was. And then we're going to jump into the meat of stuff. You know, I think that it's great to have that connection but I do think that we need to be cognizant of other people's workloads and their schedules that day. Maybe in their mind, they're like, okay, if I get done with this meeting five minutes faster than what's scheduled, I'll have just enough time to grab my sandwich out the fridge and stuff it in my mouth before I have to get to my next thing. So I think it's great to be aware, to be cognizant, and to make sure that you set those expectations at the beginning.
1: If you're leading the meeting or have any influence on the agenda, I think like Caitlin said, kind of planning for that opener is a really good idea so that you don't get off track and you can kind of say, Okay, we set five minutes for this, you know, we'd love to chat more, but we need to get to the task at
0: hand. So if that's really smart because I I do think that especially people who maybe share my personality type, there becomes a point where it goes on and on Mm -hmm. and you're like, I need to get my work done and now I'm getting a little frustrated. Yeah. And we all know I'm working on that. (laughs) But it, it is something to be intentional about. Maybe the last thing that comes to my mind that I would kind of wrap this conversation up with is when you come to the desk, try to be prepared with some sort of timely story or question that you can ask instead of, hey, how are you doing? Maybe you'll ask something like, have you seen the Tiger King yet? Now that might not be appropriate (laughs) for to ask anybody, but you know, if if you can read your audience and decide on what that topic might be. On the flip side of that, you can also be prepared for someone who might ask, hey, how are you doing? How have you been? And you can think of a funny anecdote that maybe happened on your way to work, or you can bring up something about your pet because everyone loves a good dog story or cat story or whatever kind of pet you have. And those can be good ways to kind of counteract that slow conversation starter at the beginning of the meeting.
1: And bringing it back to the first thing I talked about is try to keep it positive. I think a lot of times we're like, oh, I'm so busy or I didn't sleep well. And the instinct is like complain about something to commiserate with people. But if instead you said like, oh, I saw the most beautiful sunrise this morning or like I tried this new tea and it's really great. Keep it kind of happy and positive, and that's going to set the rest of the meeting on like a good note.
0: I love that piece of advice, and I not only the rest of the meeting on a good note, but I think that that type of optimism is a little bit contagious, and I think that it helps other people look for those small things that truly make your day better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Love that. Because of COVID
1: nineteen, a lot of in person activities have moved online. And this could be things like celebrating a friend's birthday or um, a family get-together through Zoom, but it could also be something like a class or a networking event where you're going to be online face-to-face with strangers in a new setting.
0: I remember at the very beginning of the lockdowns, I wanted to get some friends together to do like a morning yoga (laughs) or something, and I have friends from lots of different places around the States, and a lot of them don't really know each other, and so this first one I hosted was maybe six people, but I don't. I think maybe two of them actually knew one another, and so I thought it was really great to see how everyone sort of introduced themselves, and one of my friends in particular was really great at it. She actually stopped me before I went into this yoga routine and was like, wait, hold on, Caitlin, I need to know about everyone here. Who are you? How do you know each other? Or how do you know Caitlin? And and what? I just, I'm really excited. I want to meet everybody. And I thought that was like so strong of her to do. I don't know. Something about that really stuck with me in that it wasn't about, you know, just just getting to it, which again, that is a personality trait <laughs> I have where I just want to get to it and get it done. But really to take the time to actually meet someone and ask those questions. And she was just so good at asking those questions and making everyone feel like they were meant to be there and meant to be a part of it. And they all knew me. So I was a great topic of conversation. (laughs) You know, they could all pick on me for the little things I do or or tell a joke or a story. And instantly, that was something they could relate to one another, um, which is always a goal, is to find something you can relate to somebody about.
1: I love a creative icebreaker, and it could be as simple as how do you know the host or the birthday girl or whatever. But one time a friend, um, this was actually in a text group, so it wasn't live on virtual, but they didn't know everyone's numbers. Some people had changed phones. and So instead of just saying your name, he said, everyone say your name and your favorite quote from Shrek. Oh, my gosh! <laughs> and it's so silly, but it was really fun because some people pulled out gifts or just thought of things that I'd forgotten from the movie. But it's something that, like everyone has seen Trek, or at least has a line they can quote, "What was your line?" And in the morning, I'm making waffles. <laughs> oh, waffles <laughs> I love So exactly, you have a go-to. So think of something silly. Um, relatable. It doesn't have to be like say something interesting about yourself because that's really kind of
0: intimidating it for can some be people. Such a hard question. Say something interesting about yourself. Try to stay away from that. Um, what have you been up to? That's general, but also so hard to answer. Mm-hmm. You know, get more specific. And just like the simpler, the sillier, even like the most boring, the better. Favorite you- thing to do in the city, mm-hmm. you know. And then you're trying, t- kind of getting like insight on what they're all about or, or what they're into one of my good friends, was throwing a little celebration for her husband's birthday. And they themed it, what was the theme? It was like 80s movies or something like that. As you all know, I love a costume. These big old fake boobies, it was fantastic. But also a little bit awkward because there's like people coming in and out. There's many people on the meeting. And you don't really know like where to take the conversation or what to do. However, I think it was successful because my friend was a really great host and she actually planned an activity and there was a trivia activity involved. I don't really love trivia, so that didn't really help me integrate into the group much better, but I do have some ideas on what you can do in that scenario to find your place in your realm. One of them being, I think it's great to have some sort of small distraction for yourself. This is maybe like a mental thing, but when you're at a party, you oftentimes have a drink in your hand or you're snacking on a cheese board or something. So bring that into the virtual hangout. Another way you can do that same kind of concept is to have going back to the pets again a dog with you you know you, when whenever you're feeling a little bit awkward it's nice to have something to kind of take your attention off of the screen and the truth of it is is that instead of kind of going off in these little social groups when you're in a virtual setting like that there's really only one main conversation that can happen and you're not going to be a part of every conversation so having something like your dog there to pet (laughs) play around with. I don't know. I'm very entertained by my dog, so that's an easy win for me. But I think that's a way to make you feel a little less awkward and to make those moments where you're not involved feel shorter.
1: Another thing to keep in mind, and we've mentioned this on past episodes too, is to simply acknowledge that it's kind of a weird situation. You aren't going to know everyone. That means they don't know everyone too. Other people on this call probably feel that little bit of, tension or or awkwardness because they're like, don't know what to say. How do I include everyone? What's going to happen on this call? So just kind of acknowledge that, notice it, and be like, this is only planned for an hour. That's all I have to get through. Let me make the most
0: of it. One thing my friend also did really well is by saying, it's okay if you need to hop off at any time. We love you. We so appreciate you for jumping on and celebrating with us. So kisses all around if you need to hop off, absolutely no worries. And that in itself took off a lot of pressure. You did a drag sangria show Mm -hmm. virtually. I've got to hear about this. This sounds like something I would love. So looking back, it was super fun, but I was very nervous going
1: into it. It was Sort of organized by a friend to celebrate a birthday, but it was a public event. So there was lots of people there that we didn't know. And it was put on by a professional drag group out of, I think, Portugal. So it was really high production and really fun. But they were trained, like, performers – so they were, like, calling people out. At one point, they gave us, like, 30 seconds to go get more bedazzled, and oh I wish god, I'd had Caitlyn's yeah. gems at the time, because I was running around trying to find, like, a wig or a, or a fun dress or something. Wait, so
0: you were also on the screen, right? Yes. Yeah, so they they had
1: most of the screen, but they, we were on camera, and they, they also did call us out and make sure we were on camera. Oh, my god! Um, which also, like... Don't do this if you hold meetings, but you know I signed up and paid money for this thing, so I so I get it. And if I had gone to like a drag show in person, they'd obviously be able to see me and you know maybe have like boas and fun things to dress us up. So they wanted that to be a part of it, and they'd kind of call people out. And I was super nervous at first and was like, "Can I come up with an excuse to leave this?" But I just stuck with it and ended up having a lot of fun. And you eventually kind of forget that you're on camera and not everyone can see you because there are there were a ton of people so they weren't always looking at just me. Yeah. almost no one was looking at me. yeah I was more focused on myself yeah. I think and what I was doing. So I just kind of like embraced that and was like, this is a one-time thing. I'm learning a lot. I'm actually having a good time when I get out of my own head and stop staring at my own uh, my own reflection in the in the computer. <laughs> just know that it's for a short time and the more you just kind of let go and and think of it as, as a moment, the more fun um, and
0: and you know calmer you'll be about. It. How does that experience differ from the other experience you said, which sounded like more of like a professional workshop or something?
1: Yeah, I did um, a letter writing campaign with with an organization. It was pretty intimate. I think there was like ten of us, and I didn't know that going in, so I was. And I didn't know that we were going to be on camera. Like, I really was like, oh, this is just a call. I'll listen in and then do my, my letters. But I stuck with it. And I'm really glad I did because it got more comfortable as I just kind of started chatting with people, asking where they're calling in from. And all of, we were all across the state. So some people had familiarity with different areas. And um, we were, you know, comparing the the legislators that we were writing to based on area and things like that and why we were there, what what about this interest us. Um and then they did actually give time because they're like, we want you to do the writing so you all can turn off your screens for 20 minutes, do it, and we'll, we'll kind of debrief at the end. And that was nice because I got a little break. It's kind of like at a party where you sneak out to go refill your drink or run to the bathroom to you know collect yourself or give yourself a minute. Yeah, I got to do that on online too, and I think that was a really um, useful, mm-hmm. thoughtful thing to include.
0: Yeah, that, that makes me want to say that if you are feeling that you're just you've been on for like the last 20 minutes and you need a second get up and do what you got to do i think that's okay whether it's a friend group or something a little bit different where you don't really know the people that you're in the meeting with Mm -hmm. all right let's hop into some of our takeaways and challenges let's do it some of these things might take more than just a week or two to accomplish but over the next few months we really want you to be thinking about them for your next work meeting Start with something really uplifting. Not only will it make you feel good, but it might help someone else in that meeting take a different perspective on their day. For your next event that includes friends and people you know, use some of
1: the tactics that we talked about today and instigate a connection with someone you don't know on the
0: call. And the next time you join some sort of virtual event, whether that's making sangria with drag queens or something else, remember that you are not the entertainer or the focus of anyone else there so have the most fun you possibly can and leave all those worries at the door we want to hear
1: from you so find us on instagram and facebook at how to say hi pod, or write to
0: us at how to say hi pod at gmail.com a huge thanks to brent mccormick for our podcast art and to the wimps for all the fab music you hear throughout our podcast until next time ta-ta And meeting for all. Oh, goodness. Oh, crap. Am I still being recorded? God.